Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Full Press Coverage Panthers podcast. Thank you to everybody who is making us a part of your weekend, as I think everybody at this point, um, at least if you're, in the, if you're in the state of California or New York, I think everybody is quarantined. It is interesting times we live in. Um, it should be the day where we're sending teams to the Sweet 16 of March Madness, but sadly, we are not doing that, and the Duke fan inside of me has died a little bit this weekend, unfortunately, but it's all good. We got Panthers talk. Um, joining me today is Russell Baxter from Fansided and just joined us over at Full Press Coverage as well. He's an NFL historian researcher. He's absolutely awesome. Russell, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, hello there, sir. How are you? How are you uh, holding up uh, under all the circumstances? That's probably the best way to say it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's interesting. So Monday, um, I was getting ready to go to work, and uh, my six-month-old woke up, and he's got this bad cough and sneeze, and my wife's like, it's probably nothing, but we should just go ahead and stay home for two weeks. And so that's what we've done. 
So went out, grabbed some groceries, and we have been stuck in the house ever since, which is fine if you're an introvert. I'm not, so um, not doing too well, Russell. <laughs> How about yourself? No, hanging in there, you know, it, 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 it's something unprecedented and something, unfortunately, we don't have really any control over. So, uh, That's true. you know, I've kind of learned to adjust to, to life like that. Um, it's like, uh, it's like complaining about a snowstorm. There's not much you can do about it. That, that, that's a very, very good point. Um, well, at least on Tuesday, we started getting some, um, fun NFL news. I really feel like the NFL just kind of took the media by storm, um, with non-coronavirus talk. Thank God. Um, so, you know, had the Brady now going to Tampa. So now he's in the division. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, here at home, Panthers. Cam Newton, Panthers come out and said, hey, we're willing to grant him a trade. And Cam's like, well, I didn't really ask for a trade. It's kind of all a mess. Um, let me ask you, Russell, do you think Carolina is making the right call moving on from Cam to Teddy Bridgewater? I was just kind of surprised with it. I mean, I remember reading, you know, some stuff that Matt Rule said earlier this year about looking forward to working with Cam. Just a couple um, weeks so- ago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so this was kind of a curveball, uh, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I could understand if he had kind of kept an open mind about the whole thing firsthand. Um, and maybe there's something more at work here behind the scenes, uh, and maybe something has to do. I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that Cam Newton's been a pretty beat-up quarterback for the last year and a half, the shoulder injury yeah. against Pittsburgh on a Thursday night, which, you know, really – you know, hampered his season, uh, had the, had the surgery. Uh, then uh, during the preseason, it suffers the foot injury, uh, starts the first two games, doesn't really look at, like himself. Um, they shut him down basically for the rest of the year. Um, you know, he's got a lot of wear and tear on him. And, you know, some people will say that's the offensive line, and I understand that's part of it. But you're also talking about a big, strong guy who runs downfield. And, uh, you know, for the most part, takes care of himself. But nine years is nine years playing this playing this game. And um, so I I found it interesting that they were willing to, you know, bring in Teddy Bridgewater, which makes the NFC South crazy now in terms of all the ramifications. Yeah. Um, Now it's just a matter of if they can make a deal with somebody. Um, you know, obviously people try to connect the dots with, uh, Ron Rivera up in Washington. Um, you know, you got the chargers out there, although, you know, they, for now are talking about Tyrod Taylor and maybe they're thinking of doing something in in the draft. So, you know, him and Jameis Winston, uh, the difference, of course, Jameis Winston's unsigned. Okay. I mean, he's unrestricted free agent. Cam Newton is under contract. If somebody wants him, I'm sure the Panthers aren't just going to give him away. Uh, but then again, you know, the, the Rams tried to trade Todd Gurley and they did give him away. So we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, and the Panthers have been one of those, their busier teams in terms of, uh, free agent moves. Um, but they also have been a team that's also seen a lot of players, good players, uh, leave the team either on their own accord, um, or, or, uh, you know, released like Greg Olson was earlier this year and wound up in Seattle. Yeah. 
No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, to your point, this is what I wanted to ask, too, with Cam, is Bears signed Nick Foles. And I thought the Bears were going to make a run at Cam. I thought, to me, that was the perfect fit. They end up with Nick Foles. Chargers, say they're sticking to Tyrod. I think that means they're probably drafting a Tua or a Justin Herbert. Colts signed Rivers. Maybe New England gives Cam a shot. It seemed like on Tuesday morning when all this was coming up, Cam still had a starting spot in this league. But then, as of yesterday, reports come out that he'll probably be looking at backup role options. Is there a team that you can think of that either should or you think would take a chance on Cam as their starting quarterback for 2020? Oh, you know, Washington does make sense if you really think about it, okay? I mean, Ron Rivera didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. That's true. Uh, and good, goodness knows, you know, when was the last time we saw a quarterback draft it in the first round and – then somebody else drafted a quarterback the following year in the first round. Oh, gee, it happened last year. <laughs> that's uh, right. With, yeah. with the and Josh Rosen and so on. So, you know, that's that, that's not off the board. Um, so it, it, it's really hard to pinpoint where he could wind up, um, at least at this stage. And, again, you know, the Panthers are really in the thing. They're really not in any rush to get rid of him. I, I understand why Chicago did what they did for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, they bring in Nick Foles. First off, Nick Moles knows Matt Nagy from Kansas City. Okay. Second off, um, Nick Foles has been a starter and a backup. Cam's only ever been a starter. That's a since great he came point. into the league. And that's a totally different thing. I mean, to me, that was one of the sticking points. And I know there are other ramifications, and I'm not trying to go off on, uh, you know, a mini tangent here, but that to me was one of the things that hurt Colin Kaepernick you know people talked about Colin Kaepernick being a backup quarterback no Colin Kaepernick was once he became the starter okay was the starter going forward and he's a unique individual in terms of his skill set so you you almost have to cater your offense to what he does you have to cater your offense to a degree about what Cam Newton does okay he's still able to go downfield and run downfield and so on um, and, you know, sometimes it's spotty, but, uh, you know, he was off to a pretty decent start before that shoulder injury. So I think one of the things that people really want to know about Cam Newton, if they are going to inquire about him, is just how healthy he is these days. Well, and that's a great question. I mean, I'm looking at Cam. He's 30. He'll be 31 by the fall. But, Russell, it feels like to me he's a 30-year-old playing in a 35-year-old body. Like, I do not look at him and think physically, you know, he's any better right now than Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously still has a place in this league. But I do think if you're projecting, you know, two, three years down the road, I feel like Carolina made the right choice here because if you look at this division – you know, I think it's the best division in football right now. Tampa gets Brady. Uh, Falcons sign Todd Gurley now, who I think can still play. Saints already had a really talented roster. I don't think there's anything wrong building two, three years down the road. And I just don't I, – I said this on Tuesday. I feel like at this stage in Cam, in this stage with the Panthers, it's like a relationship where there's not necessarily anything wrong, but you're on different paths and you got to separate. Um, let's talk about Panthers well, with Bridgewater. I mean, Go ahead. Let me let me also throw one thing out there as well. Um, Cam Newton was tied with Ron Rivera. They both came to the team in the same time. And, you know, this year, 
Carolina is the only team in that division with a new head coach. Okay, Bruce Arians is back for his second season. Dan Quinn's there, been there a while. Sean Payton's been there since 2006. So they're the one team in transition in that division. Unfortunately, they were also the one team that lost their last eight games last year as well. That's true. So yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the ones in a, in a revamp. Although, you know, you could almost take a look at what Atlanta's done this offseason in some of the people they let go, Devontae Freeman, Desmond True, upon, um, uh, you know, some of their moves and so on. And they look like they were, you know, Vic Beasley, who was a, had one really great year for them, a first-round draft choice. Uh, so they were moving on with different people as well. Um, but, you know, Carolina is in an unusual um, situation in that division. And that division is always tough, okay? I mean, the fact that, um, the Saints have won it three years in a row, and it wasn't long ago that Carolina was winning it three years in a row, albeit with a 7-8-1 and one record one year. Um, it used to be no one could ever even repeat in that division. That's right. You would go from top to bottom and bottom to top almost on a yearly yeah. basis. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of like um, an hourglass. you just flip it over and you know, start start all over again. <laughs> You said a year ago that the Panthers had the worst offseason in the NFL. Now, of course, we still have the draft to go, um, some other things happening as well. But do you feel like the Panthers at this stage in 2020 are having a better offseason than what they did last year? Well, they're having a different kind of offseason. I mean, anytime the caliber of somebody like Luke Keekley retires, that's a big blow yeah. to your team. Okay. Um, and they've had some other people who they've got. They lost James Bradbury, who I always thought was a very, very solid corner. I'm still trying to kind of figure out the whole Trey Turner deal, okay, because Trey Turner is one of the best players in his position. That's uh, true. In the league. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, obviously they cut ties with Greg Olson, but uh, I understand Greg Olson has been had his injury woes the last two or three seasons kind of on and off. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to find themselves and go in a, in a different direction. Um, they've signed a lot of guys. They've also let go or seen a lot of guys leave. Bruce Irvin left, had a decent year for them uh, last year. He went back to Seattle, the team that actually drafted him. You know, Eric Reed was let go. So um, it's a transition year. Again, it's a transition year for a team. You know, think about how the NFC South the other three teams finished last year. Okay. Atlanta went six and two after a one and seven start. Okay. The Saints are the Saints. They won the division. Tampa Bay was at seven and seven until, you know, Jameis Winston continued his, you know, Yuletide, uh, you know, approach to the NFL season by throwing more pick sixes again. Okay. And they went seven and nine. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the second-half records for the other three teams, they were all playing pretty good football. Carolina didn't win a second-half game. They were 0-8. So it's like three teams either holding their ground or moving forward, and Carolina kind of treading water right now, to be polite. That's that's a great point, which brings me to Christian McCaffrey. Um, there's a lot of people saying today, and there's been nothing, of course, from the team or anything that would allude to that they might trade him, but a lot of people say, if you're going to ever trade McCaffrey, now would be the time to do it. And I agree with that theory, but my pushback on this would be, Russell, that 
Cam's worst throw in the league was the screen pass. That's McCaffrey, McCaffrey's best play is catching a screen pass out of the backfield and running it up right. 20 yards. Bridgewater throws that pass really, really well. I think Bridgewater is a great fit with McCaffrey. I feel like at this stage, it would be, because they've got Bridgewater now, I feel like it would be disappointing to not get to see that tandem because I think these two can really mesh well with each other. Do you think Carolina should consider moving off McCaffrey or do you keep the best player on the team right now? You know, I, I have a BMW and and right now it would be a really good time to sell it. But why would I? Are you getting my point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, best yeah, case scenario, you get a couple of draft picks for him. And, I mean, Russell, yeah. we know draft picks, they work out half the time if it's in the first round. And then after that, it significantly drops off. I don't understand the, the thinking of some people, to be honest with you, of trying to pass on a player just because you could get something for him. What about what you get from him? He's oh, gotten better. His career has, you know, he was a, a guy who people questioned being taken in the first round, especially as high as he went, went. And he's done nothing but exceed expectations for them. So why would you even, well, okay, well, we could get a lot. Let's figure out the guys. They're, like, really, really good, but we could get a lot for them, so let's get rid of them. Okay? okay. Really? Is that how you think you construct a football team? Like, you know, it's, <laughs> It just doesn't work that way. He's your best offensive player. He's probably the best offensive player that that team has had since Steve Smith. That's yeah. I I I can't think of anybody that would be better. I'm not knocking Cam Newton or anything like that. I'm just saying, in terms of versatility, Steve Smith to me is you know I think it would be great to see him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay, he was a guy who basically came into the league as a kick returner and emerged as one of the great receivers and big playmakers, not only in the regular season but postseason. I'm not that's not a knock on Cam Newton. What I'm talking about is the, the versatility of Christian McCaffrey as a running back, as a receiver, the different things he can do. Um you get that the ball in his hands. He's one of the he's one of the real big breakaway threats in this league right now. Well, and I think what what you're alluding to is if you think back to Steve Smith, Steve Smith was like an A minus at just about everything he could do in the league. Like there was nothing he did. Like there was no weak spot in his game. And that's kind of right. what I see with McCaffrey is there's not really a weak spot in his game. He can if you want to go and you know Matt Rule at Baylor used a lot of zone blocking. Well, McCaffrey's a perfect fit for zone blocking. If you want to do you know some passes out of the backfield or throw him into some passes in the flat, he can do that at Stanford. They used him out of the shotgun frequently. So there are a lot of things you can do with McCaffrey. I mean, you do not have to build an offense specific to his skill set just because you can plug him in so many different ways. Um, it let, one, let me, and one of the things I, and one of the things I really admire about him as well um, is his pursuit of wanting to be better. Oh, he's a great fit obvious. for the culture. Yeah, you, it, it, well, he right now he probably is the culture. Okay, and again, that's not a knock on Cam. Cam has uh, unfortunately in this league when you get hurt and you don't play, you're kind of you know out of sight, out of mind. That's just well, the reality of the NFL, no matter how great you are. 
Okay, and, you're, you're not really around the team as much and so on. And, again, it's been a rough year and a half um, for Cam Newton, who I like a, an awful lot. I, you know, I, I think he's a great combination of arm strength and, and running ability and so on. And, uh, you know, that year he had in 2015 was was simply sensational. I, you know, I've written over the, you know, over earlier this year that I think Carolina actually has more problems on defense than they do offense, to be honest with you. Well, they, they do have a lot of issues on defense. <laughs> they, they've got a, well, and especially with now Keekley retiring, um, losing a couple pass rushers. Um, and, and this is why, by the way, I, I've been a big advocate of saying Carolina needs to trade down in this draft, especially when you look at the rest of this division. Uh, I think Carolina right now, it's all about just finding pieces. Um, I don't think yeah. there's any one player that's going to be available at pick seven that instantly improves your roster offensively or defensively. I think you got to go for multiple picks here. Um, let me well, ask I you. Think that's, actually been, that's actually been, I think, so far, to be honest with you, their approach during free agency. I think they're kind of you know, rummaging through and, and finding guys who I think they find who are intriguing and how they could fit and how they may not fit, unfortunately. And, and, and we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But, you know, they've cast a pretty broad net over the guys who they were bringing in. And, and, and this is a unusual um, era for Carolina, even though it technically hasn't started yet. But, you know, Matt Rule is the first offensive-minded head coach in the team's history. They've always had defensive guys. You know what? You're right. I had never thought of that, but you are 100% right. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, this is going to be completely different. Yeah. We've not seen this before. Yeah, I mean, what, Don Capers and, uh, what, George Seifert and uh, Ron Rivera, and I know I'm miss- leaving some guys out and so on, but it's always been, a- even Perry Fuel who was the interim coach for the last four games as a defensive guy. Matt Rule is an offensive guy, so it's a little bit of a different approach, obviously, by you know by the new owner as well. Well, let's, let's talk about Matt Rule. So I said on the first episode of this podcast a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, I think Matt Rule's going to be great eventually. And this was before Carolina moved on from Cam and all that stuff. But what I said was, listen, this is a coach who coached at Baylor and Temple previously. And I, I follow college football um, a lot. And Baylor is maybe the fifth biggest school in its own state. And Temple doesn't even have a home football stadium. They play at the Eagles stadium. So, like, this is, I think, going to be a huge adjustment for Matt Rule to make. How much success do you think we're going to see in year one? I think Carolina right now, especially with this division now, I think they're on the long-term play of looking two years ahead when Brady potentially retires, Breeze potentially retires, Matt Ryan probably on on the way out as well. I feel like everything about Carolina right now is pointing to that two-year-ahead mark. Well, I I don't like to forecast that far ahead, but I understand your point. Um, They've got a lot of work to do, and I think the one thing that Matt Rule's going to have to learn is the players in the NFL. Um, I, you know, I talked about this um, when Chip Kelly joined the Eagles and, you know, within eventually he had complete control. I'm not saying Matt rule is going to have complete control, um, but Chip Kelly had never been in the NFL. And then all of a sudden he was basically grading and judging NFL players in terms of free agency. I don't know how you possibly could do that. Um, So I think Matt rule is going to have to learn the league a little bit. Second off, the, the Panthers have to get better 
you know, you just talked about the other three teams in the division and how tough it is. They're they're three and nine against the division the last two years. You know, so um, they, they've got to learn how to beat teams. And you know, listen, they had some problems. They got off to a, a rough start with the zero and two, and then uh, kind of showed some promise. That upset at Houston um, was a big win for them, and so on. They had the Saints on the ropes, um, missed that short field goal, and. Uh, you know, I again, I, I talked about their defense. Um, 29th in the league against the run last year. You know, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, they were brutal great. against the run. Yeah. Well, One of the worst parts about the team. The, yeah, it's great to sack the quarterback, but when the running back has the ball, it doesn't mean a hell of a lot. So <laughs> um, that's, that, that is, and that's where, you know, in, in, in football, at least for me, a good or solid defense can help you out as your offense learns how to move the ball and be consistent. Okay, it can bail you out. We have seen it's funny. We have and people bring it up almost sometimes as a negative. The two thousand Ra- uh, Ravens, the two thousand two Buccaneers, the two thousand fifteen Broncos. You know, by their defense, their defense carried them to the championship when their offense was so so. You know, there's nothing wrong with that because here's what I can tell you. Name me the team in NFL history where the offense carried to a championship. Okay? Um, I'll just throw out this little fact. The 12 highest scoring teams in NFL history in points in the season, none of them have an NFL championship. Wow. That's, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we say, hey, we saw... Go back and look. You don't. You know. You don't have to. I'm not giving you homework. Um, no, I appreciate homework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at. I mean, listen. The Denver Broncos scored 606 points and got nipped in the Super Bowl by 35. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots lit up the league in 2007 and scored 14 against the Giants. Okay, because they were able to pound Tom Brady into the ground. We see it over and over every time we see that. High-scoring offense against the, 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 the look what happened to Carolina against Denver. Yeah. Okay, although no, I mean, they completely the offense had absolutely zero rhythm in that game. Um, right. I, I think part of that is I think the NFL is just or the Super Bowl is just a different game than what you're playing the other seventeen oh, weeks of the regular season. I mean, you're talking about multiple commercial breaks, a long halftime show. I think it's built for giving the defense a slight advantage because you've got all these long breaks that give them a little bit of rhythm. And I think if you look at Kansas City, why did they win this year? Well, it's because they added so many defensive pieces last offseason. They built themselves to win the Super Bowl this year. Well, you know, here's what's funny. Going into the Super Bowl, I, I know you heard this. It was... Kansas City offense against that 49ers defense. How many times did you hear that over two weeks? That's yeah. You know? That was the, that was the only talk. <laughs> right. So so riddle me this, Batman. Who scored more points this year, San Francisco or Kansas City? Uh, I would go with San Francisco only because Mahomes was out for five weeks. Right. Who gave up fewer points this year, Kansas City or San Francisco? I would go Kansas City. Kansas City. So war wow. was really the you know the the nine the niner defense for the Kansas, versus the Kansas City offense. No, no, Kansas City, you, you hit the nail on the head. 
Kansas City went out and changed their defense. It took them half a year to get their act together on that side of the ball, but eventually they did. Um, last year they gave up 424, 421 points. 421. That's that's it. That's 26 of these in play. Okay. <laughs> you know what they gave up this year? 308. Oh my gosh. So I mean, we're, we're talking about like a an improvement by what, like 20, 25 percent. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, listen, they gave up at least twenty in their, you know, in their. But but when when if you remember the the Texans game, one of those touchdowns was a special teams touchdowns. One of them was set up. One of the touchdowns was set up by a, um, I think a muffed kick and so on. So their defense under Steve Spagnuolo, once they had Chris Jones in there healthy and Tyron Matthew who was actually voted the Chiefs' most valuable player this year, not Patrick Mahomes, which ought to tell you something about how they felt about that defensive side. Their defense really kind of keyed their season-ending nine-game winning streak. Okay, so here, here's what we're going to do. Uh, in February of next year for the Super Bowl, I'm calling you and I'm going to ask you who's got the best defense, and that's who I'm putting my money on because I'm tired, Russell, of losing money every Super Bowl because I keep betting on the offense. This has been eye-opening for me. Um, well, you, you know what? I know when I have a good guest – when I can message them and say, hey, can you be on? And they don't say, what do I need to be prepared for? Not that I mind, but I know I've got a good guess when they don't ask that question because I didn't have, I didn't tell Russell anything. I mean, I'm sure you probably knew some about Cam, but, um, you know, Russell came on here, absolutely knows the stuff. Great job. Um, Russell, where can my listeners find more of your content? Where can I direct them to? Well, I always I, I take the Liam Neeson approach uh, to Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, I have a special set of skills, and you know, I'll find you and I'll follow you, and hopefully, you'll follow me back. But, um, it's Bax Football Guru, um, which is an offset of ProFootballGuru.com, dot com, the website. Um, I also have another side project uh, with my uh, co founder Julie Voigt. It's called PFG Vibe, B-I-B-E, which is Voight's Insights and Baxter's Expertise. Um, and, you know, we do shows. We write columns together. Uh, so you can follow PFG Vibe on Twitter. You can follow Julie Noted underscore PFG on Twitter. And you'll find all the stuff that we produce. I do fan side. I do an NFL spin zone. Um, you know, proud to now join you guys on full press coverage as well. Elite Sports New York. Um, I just try to churn out as much stuff as possible. I love what I do. I have fun doing what I do. And I had fun doing the show with you today. Well, I I really appreciate that. And we are absolutely honored to have you here as part of the Full Press Coverage um, Network. Uh, I've read some of your articles, columns. I think you're absolutely awesome. So thank you for joining me, Russell. It's been great. And take care of yourself, please, sir. Yeah, you, you do the same. Um, that was Russell Baxter. Um, again, he just joined full press coverage. Um, he's over on fan sided. Make sure you follow him as well at the links he just gave out. I'm really honored to have him. Okay. We're going to take a quick break at the other side of this break. Um, I'm going to talk about something I said on Tuesday where I was wrong. We'll be right back.
Back here on Full Press Coverage Panthers Podcast. Big thanks again to Russell Baxter for coming on the podcast. Um, absolutely great to have him. Um, he has got great content. Really, really knows his stuff. And, um, you know, I love Ben King over the guests I've had on my other podcast, CJ Sweat Show. Russell Baxter is probably the most knowledgeable person I think I've ever had on a podcast. Um, it's just, it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Um, all right. So listen, I said on Tuesday, that the Panthers, because they signed Bridgewater, they need to win right now. I'm going to back off of that. The Panthers do not have pressure right now to win, and we should not put that on them. Listen, Teddy Bridgewater is just 27. He's not old. Teddy Bridgewater could be in this league another 8 to 10 years. There is no pressure to win right now. And I'm not saying you need to trade away McCaffrey and trade away all these assets. Listen, I agree with Russell. I think I think he made a great point that... Why would I trade away McCaffrey? Just because I can get something for him? I mean, and listen, I advocated I advocated a couple weeks ago I was for it. I think I'm against it now mostly because Bridgewater and McCaffrey fit. They really mesh together. I don't think you move off of that. But there's no pressure right now on this team to win. You have tradable assets outside of that. You've got the seventh pick right now in the draft. You've got a draft where... There's good quarterbacks. You've got a draft where there's good receivers. Um, I think there is a really, really good chance that Jordan Love is available at number seven. And if he is, that pushes your draft stock even higher. I think you can move off of that pick and get a lot of value in return. And that's where I think Carolina needs to go. And if, again, based on what Russell was saying, I think that may allude to the fact that that is where Carolina's going to go. I think if you look at what they've done this offseason and in free agency, it's very, very telling. They seem to be planning for trying to build a team and put pieces around Bridgewater and around Matt Rule. Um, again, what I would say looking at 2020, I don't feel like this division is winnable right now. And that's not a knock on Bridgewater and it's not a knock on Matt Rule. But I think, I think, listen, I'm excited about Bridgewater. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he will win games here. But let's be honest about what he is. He is not going to take a lot of chances down the field. He does not have a cannon. He does not have elite speed. That's okay. That doesn't make him a bad quarterback. And it doesn't mean the Panthers shouldn't have signed him. They they, they did well. But I don't think with Matt Rule being a young head coach, this division's full of older guys, I don't think with Drew Brees in the division, Tom Brady now steps into the division, and Matt Ryan, by the way, who not nearly as good as those other two, still has a lot left in the tank. He saw it in the last eight games of last year. I don't think the Panthers can win the division. Doesn't mean you shouldn't watch. Doesn't mean it's all doom and gloom. Doesn't mean it's terrible. I just don't think this year the Panthers are suited to win it. But I think the Panthers will be interesting. And I think the Panthers, when they approach this year's draft, it's about building for the next two years. If they win six games this year, who cares? It's fine. You get good draft picks. You can find more players to put around around Bridgewater. Right now, this team doesn't have an elite receiver. They don't have an elite tight end. The defense was absolutely abysmal last year against the run, as Russell Baxter pointed out. The offensive line was in shambles. They just traded away Trey Turner, the best part of that offensive line, which is already bad. So now you moved off him. It's all about finding pieces. For the Panthers this offseason. That's what it's about. That's what the draft is about. So listen, Panthers have picked seven. 
I think you trade down. I don't think there's a lot of pressure on Carolina to win right now. I think you can trade down. I think you could potentially pick up another second round pick or another third round pick if you do it. You've got a draft where, and I'm not kidding, you, there could be 12 to 15 receivers in this draft that all have starting spots next year. That's how good it is. It, like this is an incredible receivers draft. So you can trade down. Find one of those guys, bring them onto your team, and really build a team built for the future. Um, which I think is what Carolina needs to do. I think trade down, get assets this year, and then next year, by the way, in free agency, if players start seeing that Carolina has promise, they will want to play with Bridgewater and Matt Rule. And listen, players around the league, they like Bridgewater. He was well-liked in Minnesota. Minnesota was able to go out and get free agents when they had him. Um, I think the future is bright for Carolina, but I think short term, it may not necessarily be the best season we've seen this fall. I think Panthers have a lot of work to do to get to a point where they can compete with Tampa Bay, who's got, by the way, maybe the best receiving um, tandem in the league, along with now Tom Brady, who, and a lot of people are hating on Brady. Listen, Brady has a lot left in the tank. What you saw at the end of last year had a lot to do with the fact that it was cold. His entire receiving core was injured. I think he's going to, I think, unfortunately, Tampa Bay is going to be really, really good. Um, I think the Saints are going to be really, really good again, although they maybe take a step off the gas just a tad bit. And the Falcons, last eight games of last year, six and two which is why they ended up keeping Dan Quinn. So they're a really good team, too, if you look at how they ended the year. So this is going to be a very interesting division. I think the Panthers are on a two-year timetable. I think it's okay. Let's just admit it. It is what it is. And if they go about this the right way, I think in two years, the NFC South will belong to Carolina. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I don't think it's a bad thing. Two years, NFC South belongs to you. Your quarterback's 29. You can own the division for the next four or five years. I mean, that's a really, really good plan. But you got to do it right. You can't miss on, if, if you're going to keep pick seven, you can't miss on it. You got to hit on these players. Um, and that's what Marty Herney's got to figure out. Okay. Big thanks to Russell Baxter for joining. Um, always a pleasure to have guests come on. And when you get somebody that knowledgeable, I just feel absolutely grateful that he was able to make the appearance. Um, awesome to have him on. Please continue to stay tuned. Um, Twitter account, by the way, um, Twitter account, uh, I, I don't know what happened to it. Something about the Twitter account is not working. <laughs> so I don't know where we are on Twitter. I know our Twitter NFL account um, had to be rebooted. Um, so anyways, uh, it's it's a mess right now on Twitter. But if you can, follow us. Follow me, Sweet Sweat CJ. And listen, full press coverage, looking for contributors. We just got Russell Baxter, everybody. If you want your content seen by somebody like that, come join us. Whether you're an editor, writer, or podcaster, we have an opportunity for you. Visit fullpresscoverage.com slash employment for more info. And also be sure to visit our friends at sportscaster.com and bookmark the official Full Press Coverage page. That is sportscaster, C-A-S-T-R, dot com slash fullpresscoverage for va- great video content like... FPC Radio Live, which you can catch, catch in the mornings on the weekdays, and Pardon the Puck. Uh, make sure you go visit those. And again, guys, listen, I cannot state this enough. 
download the full press coverage app. You will be sorry if you don't. You will be joyful if you do. If you're quarantined like me, just get on the app. Enjoy the rest of the day on the app. It's absolutely wonderful. Thank you for making us part of your day. This is the full press coverage Panthers podcast. Have a good weekend. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.